Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinsing, episode 427. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Our partnership with Florist Review is such a valuable one, providing a forum for beautiful and inspiring editorial content in the Slow Flowers Journal section, month after month. Thanks to Florist Review, you can now order a subscription for yourself and give one as a gift this holiday season. Set your 2020 intention to enrich your personal and professional development. You can find the buy one, gift one special offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 427. Our first sponsor thanks today goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. You can also find a link to our latest article for the November Johnny's Advantage newsletter. Johnny's asked me to write about sustainable floral design after hearing Toby Nelson's presentation at the 2019 Slow Flowers Summit. My Q&A with Toby is inspiring and chock full of better choice mechanics and techniques for foam-free floristry plus more resources. You can find the links to that article at deborahprinzing.com in today's show notes. And today we are continuing our theme for 2019, 50 States of Slow Flowers with Georgia Monroe of Base Camp Farm Flowers in Millican, Texas. Listen for my conversation with Georgia in the second portion of this episode. If you've followed along with me for any length of time, you won't be surprised to know that my trusty digital recorder is always tucked into my backpack when I travel. And that's because I'm on the alert for great Slow Flowers podcast guests to share with you. When I joined Holly Chapel at Flower Stock last month, I fully intended on connecting with a few Slow Flowers members to interview for this podcast. You've already heard my conversation with Kendra Shermer of Laurel Creek Florals in South Carolina a few weeks ago. She was part of the 50 States of Slow Flowers series. And coming up, you'll meet Liz Craig of Vermont's Maple Flower Farm, who I also interviewed while at Flower Stock. But I could never have predicted meeting Fiona Liston of Meadowsweet Flower Farm and Maura Sheehy of Maura's Cottage Flowers, the two women I want to introduce you to right now. As you'll hear us discuss, one chilly night at Holly and Evan Chapel's Hope Flower Farm, I found myself sitting on a log bench around the campfire next to Maura and Fiona. We had a lovely conversation about why they decided to attend Flower Stock and about their personal floral journeys. 
Maura and Fiona told me they were members of the core group who recently founded Flower Farmers of Ireland. And of course, my interest was piqued. They agreed to join me the following afternoon during a break so I could record this episode. I'm so excited to share the backstory of Ireland's local flower renaissance and the increasing popularity of farmer florists like Maura and Fiona. Before we get started, here's a little more background about Flower Farmers of Ireland. They say this on their website. We are an all-Ireland support and advice group for the country's commercial cut flower and foliage growers. Our aims are to promote the cultivation, marketing, sale, and use of Irish-grown cut flowers and foliage to support and act as an advocate for the growers. We promote the growing of seasonal Irish cut flowers and foliage in a sustainable manner with respect for the environment and the people working in the industry. We intend to be a national voice for the development of this industry in Ireland. Pretty exciting, huh? I've got a link to that website for Flower Farmers of Ireland, so you can uh, spend time poking around their website and seeing the beautiful faces and beautiful flowers of this exciting community in Ireland. Maura Sheehy is the award-winning artisan flower farmer and florist who runs Maura's Cottage Flowers, catering to weddings, corporate floral requirements, local deliveries, and flower arranging classes. Located on an idyllic sheltered hillside, just outside Traley in County Kerry, Mora takes great pride in farming the same parcel of land that has been tended by several generations before. She manages the flower farm sustainably and offers a bespoke service, creating arrangements that are unique yet distinctive with an eye for color. Her flowers are scented, natural, and always reflect the seasons. After rearing seven children, Mora followed her dream to study horticulture through distance learning with the Organic College in Dromcolaher County, Limerick. Today, Mora's passion for flowers is evident in every element of her designs. Customers have called her creations original, breathtaking, and stunning. She loves to feel that her floral creations convey a message of thoughtfulness to the recipients for any occasion. In 2017, she launched Bloom with Mora, offering classes to individuals and groups on flower arranging in her studio and beyond. In addition to flower farming and floristry, Mora is a columnist with Country Living Magazine, and she often contributes to other publications. She has received a number of prestigious awards, though her most treasured is the Carryman Business Award for Heritage and Environment. Fiona Liston owns Meadowsweet Flowers, a unique floristry design service that uses homegrown flowers to create vintage and rustic style bouquets and floral arrangements. Fiona lives with her husband, John, on an organically certified beef and dairy farm in Donovan Croom, part of rural County Limerick. They are passionate about protecting the natural environment and working with nature to encourage wildlife, such as bees, birds, butterflies, and hedgehogs. Nature has always been a source of inspiration for Fiona. With a degree in fine art from the Limerick School of Art and Design and a certificate in interior design, she has developed a keen eye for color, texture, and form. And her customers often comment on the natural flair and creativity evident in her floral displays. Fiona supplies flowers to restaurants, businesses, and homeowners in the Croom, Adair, Ballingary, Bruff, Brewery, Charlesville, and Limerick City areas. And I sure hope I pronounced all those charming Irish villages correctly. Her greatest passion lies in designing wedding flowers and offering bespoke design services through Meadowsweet Flowers. 
Well, I'm so delighted to introduce you to my new friends from across the Atlantic, part of the ever-expanding movement that's radically redefining the global cut flower industry by producing locally grown seasonal scented blooms for people who love their flowers to look and smell as if they were freshly picked from the garden. It's a slow flower celebration, Irish style. Visit DebraPrinzing.com for today's show notes to see photos of Fiona and Mora and their flowers and community. You'll also find links to their social places. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I have a very special treat for you today. I have two of the farmers involved with the Flower Farmers of Ireland, and I'm delighted to be in person with Maura Sheehy of Maura's Cottage Flowers. Hi, Maura. Hello. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> and Fiona Liston of Meadowsweet Flowers. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm great. I'm okay. s- the three of us were sitting at the fire here at Flowerstock and started chatting. We're in Virginia, so you've traveled quite a ways. Uh, and we, I could tell you were from Ireland, and then you told me you were with this really cool organization I didn't even know about. So I wanted to share it with our listeners. Uh, so Maura, maybe you can start by telling us what is the Flower Farmers of Ireland? I think we can guess, but... Yeah, well, it's a it's fairly young organization of um, flower farmers uh, within the nation of Ireland. Uh, we formed in 2017 in February, so there were uh, roughly 20 people attended the meeting in Cork, and we sat and formed an association and just came up with the idea for where we wanted to go and what it was all about, and it was. More wow. to do with awareness and uh, support for each other as we grew in our mm-hmm. new careers. Well, I'm going to ask you both to describe your individual farms, but just in general, who is the type of, what is the type of farm or the size of farm uh, that has joined this uh, this cool group? Yeah, it's pretty small. So uh, about a half an acre to an acre, I'd, I'd imagine, would be the average size. Suppose, yeah. 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 So people who are maybe garden growing on their own land where they also live, probably. Almost all. Yeah. All, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you all find each other? I mean, how did this even start? Uh, did you start yeah. using social media to find each other? So myself and Fiona met in 2014 because we um, attended a cut flower a course in Leitrim, uh, with Leitrim Flowers, and it was offering a, co- a weekend intensive course on cut flower um turn it into a business so it's your hobby but you'd like to turn it into a business here's how you do it and this was in ireland it was in yes. Leitrim, which is mm-hmm. um oh, okay. midlands so was it done by like a university or something or no so no. at the time no. that we were looking to establish our businesses there were very few people that we could find when you'd research flower farming in ireland there were very few people um in a Google search coming right. up. So Leitrim Flowers was the only um, place that you could go to get any information. Okay. Pay for information. Oh, right. Basically. Oh, they were also farmers. Yes. I see. Okay. So they were established four or five years at that stage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And did were you both kind of gar- avid gardeners who thought you might turn your flower growing into... Yes, we, we would have both done um, organic heart, horticulture courses prior to that, but mm-hmm. it would have been vegetable growing. Mm. Um, and would have, I would have always dabbled in um, my garden. I love my garden. So for years and years, it would have been like um, garden-orientated, um, flowers, shrubs, 
more shrubs and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Um, ornamental gardening ornamental yeah. gardening mm-hmm. yeah and I had done you know I had done courses on that I'd done um, and travelled I loved travelling mostly to the UK and mm. that like but um, but at this point we, we wanted to know more about growing flowers and about conditioning flowers about you know the next step how to bring flowers on into floral design then as well right you know so it was all an, an organic process for us um, and it was more to do with, uh, I think there was an acceptance that everyone attended the course, knew how to grow, grow flowers. So it wasn't anything to do with growing flowers as such that weekend. It was much more about how you turn it into a business. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So I had dipped my toe. I had shared a market, a farmer's market stall with a friend of mine that summer. So I had seen the hard work that goes into a farmer's market. And I... Um, found that it wasn't successful for me in my area. It's very much depending on where you live in, in what type of farmer's market is set up in your area. Sure. So I had found at that stage that a couple of local businesses had accepted my flowers for the season and I had got really good feedback and that's what made me go to the next stage yeah. in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it seems so similar in North America where um, the farmer's market is sort of the gateway to start giving getting having people give you money for your flowers yes, right? yes and then you start thinking well how can I get more money and maybe there's customers who mm-hmm. have a different I don't know different demand or maybe different just mindset about yes. paying for flowers right mm-hmm. um so you went to this work this course and you said it was the course was in 2014 yeah February and then 2014 okay and then so you all you met and you met other a yeah. few other folks and so, so you guys there were six of us that attended the yeah. meeting. Okay. And out of that six, three of us were part of the initial forming of the Flower Farmers Association. So Ruth, the other girl, she lives in Cork, that lady, and she uh, was the person that actually got the get up and go to <laughs> round in the together. We had yeah. we had tried we had tried to do that, I think, the year before. Uh-huh. And it was just it's such a hard job as you know to garden and whatever. So um Dates didn't work, but Ruth just threw herself into it and she made it happen. And we'll tell her I said hello. I hope we get to meet Ruth you someday. Yeah, or yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. She's here by proxy. With yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it always takes a core group to kind of do the extra, you know, volunteer work really to start the association. So um, I know that there's similar groups in other countries and there's the ASCFG in the U.S., um, flowers from the farm in the UK and Mm so and there's probably organizations um you know in other countries where this same kind of parallel is happening where maybe local and domestic flower farming is having a renaissance Mm -hmm. and I had asked you last night where were flowers coming from in Ireland before the two of you really got engaged and growing um and you said mostly Holland is that right oh for sure okay Yeah. yeah so it had there been people growing flowers in Ireland way, like, I don't know, in the 50s or something? Or? There's very little information when you try to research mm. anything to do with growing flowers in Ireland. There, there's, and we there's fall no, between yeah. agriculture yeah. and horticulture. It is I, a different business. Yeah. I think that they were growing. They were growing for their own use. Like yes. we said, there was flower growers. Mm. But there wasn't anybody 
Um, there wasn't anybody like seriously trying to make money out of growing flowers. Isn't that ironic when you think um, of the country of Ireland being so beloved for its gardens? And well, its, I was just going to say yeah. every little cottage had a plot. They did, yeah. And they would have had an apple tree and a rhubarb plant yeah. and wallflowers and flocks and. But it was but to, were to, to stay themselves, like, right? You know, very yeah, right. cheap to sit up. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, and it probably as. Um, the floral design side of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of the end user, mm-hmm. the florist and the customer, mm-hmm. is that sort of that evolved beyond just having your little plot and growing. Then there was an opportunity for commercial, you know, semi-commercial. I don't know. What do you call yourselves? Like boutique growers or small-scale growers or? Yeah, small-scale growers. I mean, you're not a factory. I guess that's what no. I'm trying to get at. Yeah. 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 No. And that's, I suppose... For me, anyway, speaking for myself, I'm growing to supply myself with floral design. Um, when I did the course with Maura, I sat on it for a few years. I, I actually didn't start up anything straight away, but it was when I went for the first floral design course that it clicked with me. Mm. But all my, my, my background in fine art, I had done fine art, it was all my background that came together, my love of flowers, but creativity was the main thing. Mm. So mm. it was when I did the floral design course that I ramped up the growing, you know. Yes, so that's that. what motivated you? to. Go, that's so what motivated mm-hmm. me. And I would consider myself more the floral designer than the flower farmer, I suppose. And even though it's very important to me that I, you, you know, that I, that I grow and I'm every day out in nature, that's creativity in itself as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as you started doing more floral design than Fiona, you realized, oh, I can grow my art supplies. I can grow what I want to use as an artist. Exactly. And it's yeah. all come together. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, that was great. Um, it was great when I had spent years going to art college and I had spent years doing, um, I did interior design and I did different things. That I never brought them to do you know that I, I kind of never went? They never went anywhere until they all came together. Yes, and and they came together with this, the, the, you know, with this business with flower farming, florist. You know, that's so and, cool. So yeah. tell us, okay, so Meadowsweet Flowers, where are you based? So I'm based in Croom, County Limerick, so okay. it's Midwest okay. Ireland, and I live on a farm. My my husband and his family before him and before that were uh, dairy and beef farmers. So I lived on the farm anyway. Um, so you could probably get a little patch to grow in. Like there was land for you to use. There was. Or did you have to fight for it? No, 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 no. <laughs> and that's the problem. There's, there's, you know, it's not the problem, but I started gardening at my back door and then I went out and out and out <laughs> and, I, and I could still go out, but I can't manage, I can't manage to get it all done. Yeah, yeah. But, so yeah, so um, with that, like that was great because I, I have that, like you know, mm-hmm. I have those resources. The tractor was there. The things I kind of need, you know, all the tools were there. Mm-hmm. Everything was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, so you have both a, the growing operation and then a design studio. Yes. And how? Yeah. Like what? I'm going to ask Maura the same question. What? Yeah. What's the spectrum of what you're growing? I I come from the Pacific Northwest. I kind of feel like our climate in Seattle is similar to Ireland in that we have kind of somewhat mild winters, although they're wet. Yeah. And do you get, do you get a frost or? 
we're expecting our first frost from no one. Oh wow! Well, I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, but yeah. it could, it, you know, I you're mean, not. You're not her We're middle of October now. It could okay. be the end. We're of dreading October. our first frost. So I'm expecting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you're leaving dangerous. cash in the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so your your winter, you don't have a winter crops necessarily. You're kind of spring through fall. Um, there would be certain. Well, I suppose winter things like hellebores and mm. things like that, daffodils, tulips. We'll say okay. Up to Christmas, then there'd be foraging from the hedges, like there would be um, the holly, and yeah. you know there would be for reasons growing in the tunnel, like you know, mm-hmm. and not that I'm not too mad about them, like you know. But we say I supply restaurants like yeah, yeah. weekly, yeah. and then do weddings, yeah. and then weddings, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Fiona, I, um, I'm curious to know about your growing flowers for your floral design services. Who are your customers? Okay, well, my customers are local businesses, restaurants and hotels. Um, uh, sometimes once-off bouquets mm-hmm. and things like that. Oh, like for a, a birthday party or something like for that? For a birthday yeah. party. People ring me for... Um, yeah, for thank you bouquets mm-hmm. or, or get well bouquets. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so that's you, a small part of, mm-hmm. of what I do. And the, the main bulk, and then weekly, it, um, we'd say the restaurants would be on a subscription basis. Right, right. So that's nice and steady. Um, and then the bulk of the, the work I would do is wedding work. Wow. So um, I'm fortunate that I live, um, I live near an area that has... It's kind of, I suppose, it would be a tourist stroke wedding destination mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's would be lots of weddings there. Wow. And um, a local hotel there would be referring me. So I get, you know, lots of work that way. And, um, and yeah, and that takes up, you know, your, the wedding your, work takes up, all, yeah. All your life. <laughs> yeah. Is your uh, aesthetic different than the other florists in town? I mean, are this garden-inspired uh, product it that is, you're growing? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's what people, that's what um, people would come to me for. Um, they would say, like, that's what they want. They want garden garden inspired. Now, sometimes they say that, but they don't really understand what they're, you know, that they don't really understand, like, because yes. they would have a specific colour scheme in mind and, and, and they might have flowers that are even out of season in mind. So you have to educate so, them. Yes. And... Like just recently now, I did one. This is, um, you know, my ideal wedding is when they want what's seasonal. They mm. want the colours of the season, like so. In the autumn time, it's you know the autumnal colours, and they're happy to go with whatever is there, and leave it to me. Oh, like, you know, yeah. so that's yeah. That's I hope that's happening situation. more often. <laughs> mm, well, I suppose maybe. I'm going to try and steer it. Yes. You know, yes. steer it in that way more often. That's and been a topic of conversation here at Flower Stock. So it, has, yeah. it probably inspired you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, yeah, just recently I've had a few of those kind of weddings. And, you know, I suppose prior to this, because my business, I'm only like, this is only my third year in business. So I'm learning. I'm just growing myself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm learning about what people want and what I want and, you know, trying to bring come halfway between them absolutely um that's so cool but like seasonal yeah seasonal would be would be very important to me you know can be difficult because like 
Yeah, there can be a gap, you know, there is a gap there in December, January, February. Would you be asked to do a wedding in the winter? And yes. W- mm-hmm. Where would you source your flowers then? Well, in the winter time, I would, um, I would have a lot of foliage myself. Mm-hmm. So I would use that, like, you know, um, evergreen foliage sure. and stuff like that. Um, in the line of flowers, I would um, import flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would go, get hot from the hot from the Dutch auction, or would, the, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's it, that would would that be easier than going and getting flowers from the UK? From the UK, um, from I don't think it's and, an option for I don't think it's an option like to get flowers. Okay, from the UK. nobody's really ex, nobody's sending British grown flowers into Ireland for florists to use. No, oh, no. so maybe they're just not large enough to. Not that to I do know, that. not that yeah. I know of anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. And even in Ireland, I don't know like you know, of anybody, there isn't anybody that I know of that, that would have flowers at that time of the year right, in, like a green, in Ireland. Like a greenhouse grower or something like that. A greenhouse yeah. grower? Um, no, not yeah, that I know Yeah, that's of, interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's, it sounds like you're just at the cusp of this, uh, you know, opportunity to expand. And so no one's big enough or mature enough as a business to that's move right. into that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want you to share some photos of your design work. Would you do that for us? Yes. Oh, good. We'll put them in. We don't need them today. You can email them to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's looking around like, where? Where are my photos? (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, When we run the podcast, we uh, have a blog post at my website. And I like do a little blog post about you guys as my guests and share photos and links of how people can find you and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's let's pivot over to Miss Mora. Uh, Mora, uh, y- your business, Mora's Cottage Flowers, is. Did you start with vegetables as well, or how so? You- I started um, with a plan of having some time for myself. I had um, just sent my youngest child to school, so Molly was my youngest child, and I have seven children. I have four boys and three girls. So, so your plate was pretty full. Yeah, so I while. said, okay, I want some time for myself. I go get outdoors, get into the garden, do what I may have done when I left school. Mm-hmm. My story goes that I suffer from hay fever, and when I suggested that I study horticulture at my leaving cert stage, I was warned against it and took notice of it and just shelved the idea. Oh my goodness, but that yeah. was your early interest. Yes, yeah. Oh, I had grown flowers from seed as a very young child and being from the country and my people I suppose my parents and my grandparents on both sides were very deeply connected to the soil and to nature even Mm. though one set of grandparents lived in town they always had a garden and went to the bog to get you know harvest uh, fuel for the winter so um, I loved nature and I loved being outside and I was a very happy stay-at-home mom, but one day I realized I'm just after spending 20 years almost indoors. I need to have some time for myself. <laughs> and, so and you I'm had, an accidental you, yeah. business person. And, and we um, can say, I'm sorry, I cut you off. You're an accidental business person? Yeah. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> I never meant to start a business. I don't know how that happened. But um, now I have no time for myself. Because you're running a, a farm, basically. Yeah, well, so did you have land where you lived or how, where are you growing? So I'm living on the family plot at home. We were given a site and there was a field alongside the house that we were uh, gifted also. 
So plenty of space. So, so is it like an acre in size? Or? I have two acres. Two acres. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of on the large size then, side. The for... possibility is there and it is growing. Okay. Yeah. And I have a, a hill site. I have a very uh, favorable uh, site. So we get wonderful shelter, wonderful sunshine and the drainage. And good well. drainage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. What are you growing? So I grow cottage flowers because they were always flowers that I loved. And, Which is um, part of your business brand. It is. Yeah. yeah. People really connect with that. And it's such an emotional thing. Flowers always bring people back to their childhood. So um, sweet peas, cosmos, cornflower, flowers that people consider wildflowers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we know that's not exactly I know. the case. They're not legally wildflowers, yeah. but yeah, the cottage so, garden kind of look. Yes. Is often called wildflowers. So you have different, yeah. different types of flowers, basically. Yeah. Mainly annuals? Colors. Uh, no, there's a nice mix of annuals and perennials mm-hmm. and some biennials as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And how about bulbs? Yeah, so this year is my first year really concentrating on bulbs because what I found over the last number of years, because I am still um, doing the mom duties, or was <laughs> until uh, a year ago, I was, I was doing everything myself. And then... Thankfully, business became really busy and wow. my husband decided to leave his job and come work with me. Wow. So, so it really is the family farm. Yeah. So oh, how he's, cool. uh, he's after turning into a wonderful uh, gardener. He sent me photographs of uh, seaweed he's just gathered and leaves. It's the time of the year for gathering all these lovely nutrients now at the moment. So He's great gathering seaweed? Seaweed, yeah. Do you live near the ocean? or? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I live in Kerry. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I don't have a map in front of me, but I'm going to look one up after yeah, we talk. Yeah, it's southwest <laughs> of Ireland, so most people that visit Ireland happen to come to Kerry. It's a very beautiful contact. What, where, okay, you're growing all these flowers. Are you in year three or you're, you're a little bit older in your business? Well, I tried the business in the summer of 13, very slightly. And then uh, in 14, I, I gave it a good old uh, trial and I was sure of my, my standing then. So um, I upskilled in floristry and in business uh, during that winter and spring. So I was ready to start my business in June 2015. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so are you also doing design like Fiona is? Or are you? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's a facet of your business. It is. So I'm very lucky. I always consider myself to be very lucky. I have such a variety of customers and um, opportunities within um, my business. So I have, I started out with weekly contracts with local hotels and restaurants because we live in a really busy tourist area. Um they like to have a nice welcome, especially the older buildings. It's where I like to work best, modern buildings. It's hard to make cottage small. The smaller the arrangement for me, the more I enjoy it and the more it can make a difference, I think. so. Also, I would imagine if they're kind of tourism-based, they can um, you know, talk about the fact that these are locally grown from, from a them. flower yeah. farmer, right? Yes, yes. And I suppose the big difference you'd notice with people is they can actually smell. You Sense, get that yeah. as well, yeah. you know. That sensory. Actually, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Very fun. They're authentic. It's the authenticity of it. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. And you come to Ireland and, and you want to experience, I mean, I'm speaking as a, mm-hmm. I am one quarter Irish, by the way, lady. Oh, Are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you to my, grand, one quarter. my grandmother, Victoria Bell. <laughs> um, the But just the idea of going to a place and then seeing like imported flowers that don't even re- relate to that place, yeah. 
if you're a nature lover, you, you pick up on that. If you're a gardener, you obviously notice that. So I love that, that maybe the tourism industry is going to start embracing this. And they have already. Really? So if there is any launch or if we'll say the president came to visit, our president came to visit the county a couple of years ago for the centenary celebrations, uh, it was the day of my daughter's confirmation. Yet I had to be a half an hour ahead of the president. <laughs> I had to deliver bouquets for him in one village. I had to do up a school in another town. So it was wonderful to be associated with Irish and natural and it yeah. was fi- fitting with those heritage and traditions. Absolutely. And just the pride of place that like yeah. we, we can grow these flowers and we have yeah. a little, maybe a cottage industry right now, but it's going to grow. Absolutely, because the organisation itself like, would have started off with about 20, 20 members initially, maybe less even, and now it's just grown, pardon the pun, it's grown um, so much, like, we're, we're not terribly sure, but we reckon there's about 60, okay. we've got full, full members, yeah. we've got seedling members, um, and, you Wait, know. Say it again, you, did, you have growers, and then. We, we have full members. Oh, okay. And we have seedling members. Oh, okay. So there's very little of a difference in really in them, apart from, of course, the membership fee is sure. different. And the seedling members... They're not on our website. if you want to find a flower farm in Ireland, if you're re- registered with as okay. a full member. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's a lot really like the Slow Flowers then. But it's great yeah. support for, every, you know, we're all still learning as such. And you're all... Um, it sounds like you don't have a paid manager or anything. It's all no. volunteers still. Yeah. And are you two on the board? Or is no. there a board? No. no. <laughs> Smart no. women. You I know. started it. I tell you, no, I, <laughs> I had spent a long time trying to get out of chairperson of the local school garden. <laughs> so I set up a school garden in the national school and there was nobody wanting to take it over. So I kept trying to do that while I was still building my business. And I said, I'm not my, on yeah. this occasion. Yeah, my plate is yeah. well. Yeah, ask a busy woman I to think, do one more thing. Right? Yes, well, the thing about it is, if you're involved in something like that, it's important to give it your all. And I knew at that stage I yeah. couldn't. Yeah. But how great because you helped found the Flower Farmers of Ireland, and now there's it's other very people. Very We turned up on the day. <laughs> 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 I suppose so that's all we were at the founding meeting, weren't we? Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, so, but so because it's all volunteer, then uh, there's probably. The dues are spent to promote the organization, then, right? Or what? How are you? How are you um, in, infiltrating the the consciousness of the consumer? It's actually been quite difficult, and I think the biggest problem with us is that we're very scattered within Ireland, even though Ireland's quite a small country. But we're very scattered and geographically, uh, you mean. geographically, yeah. geographically. And I think also the Irish are of the mindset, not like other you know like americans or that we think our country is big and if we're two hours from the next town we think that's undoable i know you're laughing you see so we're saying we're scattered and you're laughing at that yeah but we think like we're not used to traveling we're small time time at least you're driving a car you're not no horse and buggy like come on yeah so so that that's interesting i it's funny you say that because uh, I always think that I, I have said about 
British Flowers Week that, oh, that's, you know, anything happens in London and it's one media market in the whole country. And um, whereas in the U.S., it's really hard to get media attention on American Flowers Week because there's 40 big media markets and it's just really hard to capture everyone's attention. Um, In Ireland, you're kind of one media market as well, or are you kind of, what are the major cities? There's there's, um, Dublin, Dublin, Cork, Galway, Limerick. But then we're all out. Yeah, we're all out of the cities. The farmers are all out of the cities. I think the two biggest problems, um, as regards um, promoting it on a national scale so far, have been that we are geographically scattered, and it's the busyness, the nature of our business is that we are constantly, you know, even off season from weddings, you're trying to prepare for the following season. Yeah, you're all small entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but you're there, and you have the website, and you've got the branding, and it'll yeah. it'll it's growing it'll grow. really well. Yeah. yeah, well, the membership's kind of growing. finding our feet, like that's yeah. you know, and still feel. I suppose maybe we've got a bit too comfortable now. Maybe we do need to move. It'll happen. I mean, the goal. It sounds like the goal is really. Uh, well, we were talking last night that uh, to, to bring. Uh, growers together but also you do have some members like both of you who are florists so yeah that's kind of an interesting yeah we have members that are growers and you know sell their crop like and um do markets and do and and just do that like well that's their main thing Mm -hmm. and then you've ones like us that do both the farmer florists the the farmer cars maybe possibly even do more as the floristry business gets busier and busier Mm -hmm do more of that and get dragged away from the the growing like you know yeah um reluctantly and so then there's a balance there as well that's that's difficult because sometimes you find yourself like you started off as Maura said wanting to be outside and then you find all of a sudden the busier you get you're back inside not designing but you're on the computer yeah and you're you're marketing you're doing, you're your doing business. all the other jobs you're doing yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. and for for me like I worked as well in an office and a that's where I wanted to get away from. And now I find the most frustrating part is I'm back there still navigating my way around yeah. the computer. And maybe that's just <laughs> Which, the maybe that's just the growing pains of a small business. Like you'll get to a level at some point, Fiona, where you maybe could hire someone to yeah. do the administrative stuff, yeah. you know, so you don't have that to. Would be the dream. So you could be the designer and yeah. the grower. Yeah. And the I grower. hope that happens for you. Yeah. 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 You probably see glimmers of that every every now and then after yeah <laughs> after a really successful event like i can do this yeah yeah what do you think the goal is though to, for ireland uh in terms of the flower farmers group do you are you really just trying to create best practices and standards among growers or so it's a more internally focused or are you trying to also raise awareness among the buying public and customers yes, so I, I think uh from the the traditional flowers point of view because our style is so in vogue with yes. the last couple of years um there's definitely a demand for wholesale flowers in ireland from local growers and um, with the emphasis on the environment which thankfully yeah you know is taking hold as well um there's huge opportunity there and huge room for collaboration but at the moment it's just the fact that we're all bogged down on <laughs> set I thought, up. I thought you were going to say something different, Mara. I thought you were going to say the fact is there's more demand than supply right now. Because I hear that co- complaint um, in North America from florists, especially florists who are 
convention they're used to buying from a wholesaler or having their yeah, flowers shipped yeah. in. The comment is often, well, I would buy local flowers if I could find farmers who had the quantity yeah. I needed. Yeah, that, and, that is and true. I, flowers I, have no opportunity. I would say flowers don't have the opportunity to buy from people um, like you. And yeah. we've, we've met a number of really lovely flowers that would love to buy the flowers. Yeah. But then from our point of view, if I'm to be completely honest, it's my unique selling point. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I had surplus, would I? Um, at this stage in my business would be a good idea to sell my unique selling point. Right. So that's and that's a hard thing. So to, you don't wholesale right now? No. Yeah. No. Because I think having, and you don't either do, you feel that, yeah. because having the design facet of your business, you're selling, you're growing you're and selling to yourself. You're selling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, I really am delighted that we got to meet and talk a little bit about this. And you did tell me last night that there is an Irish Flowers Week happening. That's right. So it it was there last year during the summertime. So basically, um, we decided that we would try to work it individually. So on our own individual person, you know, business pages on Instagram and Facebook, um, it was up to ourselves whether we sure. opted in yeah. or not. So um, I offered bouquets and there was such a great response. I gave a bouquet to the Facebook competition and one to the Instagram. Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. And, and w- so I want to make sure I get those dates. There's a so hashtag then yeah. as well. So we use the hashtag. Hashtag Irish Flowers Week. Yeah. Good. Oh, I'm excited. Want to support it from afar. I think it's so oh, exciting. That would be great. That would be great. Yes. And, and yes. again, with social media, we're all on the same platforms and it really is possible to have an international international fan base when you're not even you know unfortunately your numbers look good they're not necessarily going to buy from you because they're maybe not in your hometown but I still think it's great for getting just getting that idea out there that flowers grow in Ireland there's farmers here and we don't need to have all imported yeah. flowers. So, absolutely. But even um, Deborah, if people aren't in your hometown, like we, I, I've got orders from England and things like that for people. Oh, sure. You know, so you're you're yeah. people finding you and wanting to people, have you deliver in to a relative in your town or something yes, like that. Yeah. I, now that would be somebody that wants, um, specifically wants my own organically grown flowers. Yes. Like our foraged, you know, yeah. in the winter time, it mm-hmm. might be just. Um, twigs and, and and foliage and you know but they like so, the meadows they like the meadow sweet look and they want your aesthetic and they know you um, deliver locally yeah mm-hmm. well the, they might also want the fact that they're like i'm organically certified like, and they might specifically want that like you know so um yeah so you know the the fact that people aren't in your locality with technology now and with that's you know true. what I mean that's yeah. true it's not as, as um, big of a deal yeah and people in America have rang as well for you know um for orders like oh, you know I from mom at home yeah or might be funeral or something right. and they don't want the set um do you know the set arrangements that yeah the, the wire service kind of yeah obviously not for that. debate in america i put up a post on facebook and an instagram saying i'm going on a holidays doing a flower workshop in the u.s so one of my brides that came from america follows me so she said hey where are you staying <laughs> you're kidding was she from this area uh no she yeah. by the way we have no plans for the next two days <laughs> <laughs> We don't go back till Friday. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to be doing some some market research while you're here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to add and share with people about the Flower Farmers of Ireland that I didn't ask? Because I'm sure we could talk for another hour, but I want to give you time to go play with flowers. 
yeah. Well, it's just been fantastic. It's it's something that's brought us all together and together, you know, for any anything that people are passionate about, like together you're great. Absolutely. You know? I agree completely. Yeah. Um, and that I, sounds so, very powerful, doesn't it? Like, yeah, we connect together through we're, yeah, our yeah. Facebook closed group so we can yeah. ask questions about pricing mm. and about, you know, what varieties mm-hmm. to plant and yeah. that. So mm-hmm. it, it's... Uh, and we help each other out in busy times mm-hmm. and, do you know... Yeah, I had a very has, busy wedding last week and I just yeah. had met um, some of the girls on a farm walk during the summer, one or two conversations, and I just messaged them and said... Are you busy on Friday? And they came and they helped, they helped you work. Yeah. yeah, so it's great that way. It's the power of community, you know, and I feel like that too with uh, what we've had, what's experience, I've experienced with the Slow Flowers community. And, uh, you know, I feel like um, everyone here at Flowerstock kind of has that sensibility of learning from each other and supporting each other because we're kind of charting a new path. This yeah. isn't the big corporate path. This is the artisanal path. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Thank you both so much for sitting down with me and sharing. Oh, pleasure. Oh, pleasure. It was 100% spontaneous and it worked out great. And uh, you'll also share photos of your of course, farm yes, tomorrow. That's like great. Yeah. Hope I can come over and visit you sometime soon. That would be wonderful. You're more than welcome. It might have to be a pilgrimage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always come back to find your ancestors. <laughs> That's right. I'll have to drag my father along. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. You're more than welcome. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Thanks so much for listening in on this lovely conversation with Maura Sheehy and Fiona Liston. What a true delight it was for me to spend time laughing and sharing with these two new flower friends. I think you'll love the description that I'm going to share from Flower Farmers of Ireland's About page. I know it will resonate with you as it did with me. They write this, seasonal, scented, freshly harvested Irish cut flowers and foliage, Grown with love and arranged with flair, this is what's at the heart of the Flower Farmers of Ireland Association, whose members can be found all around Ireland, from the wilds of West Cork to the damp meadowlands of Leitrim. Whether it's a bouquet of sweetly perfumed narcissi in spring, a delicate tangle of roses and scented sweet pea in the summer, a fiery-hued arrangement of dahlias in autumn, or a wintry Christmas wreath embellished with decorative seed heads, We pride ourselves on growing and arranging the freshest and most beautiful seasonal blooms and foliage for market, as well as for both public and private events. Our next sponsor thanks goes to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Now, let's meet Georgia Monroe of Basecamp Farm Flowers, our Texas spotlight in the 2019 50 States of Slow Flowers series. Located just 10 miles from South College Station in the community of Milliken, Basecamp Farms grows specialty cut flowers for the Brazos Valley and surrounding region. Georgia and her husband Jordan grow and sell high quality blooms to florists in the Brazos Valley and North Houston, as well as to the public and hosting farm events. Let's meet Georgia. 
excited today to introduce our Texas Voice in the 50 States of Soulflower series we've been airing all year. Please meet Georgia Monroe of Base Camp Farms. Hi, Georgia. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for having us. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. And um, you are in College Station, Texas. Tell us where that is. We are, yes. It's the home of Texas A&M University. Go Aggies. Um, So we are just north of Houston. We're about 60 miles north of Houston. Three miles, or not three miles, uh, three hours south of Dallas. And so we're kind of, we consider ourselves to be South Texas. Um, we're on the east side, so we are closest to Louisiana. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, and I, I've been to Houston, and I've been to Dallas and Austin. I've never come to College Station, but of course, your town is famous for uh, cranking out a lot of smart uh, agriculture, <laughs> floriculture, horticulture graduates. So That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what, what's the, give us a snapshot of Base Camp Farms, and how did that name come about? Yeah, Base Camp Farm. So we are currently in our second season. We are actually getting ready to end our season probably tomorrow. We have a chance of frost. Um, but Base Camp Farm came about uh, just from Base Camp Farms. The name just came about from mine and my husband's love of the outdoors. And um, I always say if I could choose where I lived, I would probably be in Colorado. Um, so it just came from our love of camping and being in the mountains mm-hmm. and so whenever we were trying to pick our farm name, that's basically what we could decide on that wasn't already chosen. <laughs> right. No, I like it. So describe describe your your whole floral enterprise. Um, congratulations on making it through season two. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we um, we are currently we are doing a lot. We have our hands in a lot. So we. Currently sell about 50% wholesale, 50% retail um, to our community. So we sell to local florists. Um, I have about 30 that I sell to on a regular basis in College Station, uh, Bryan, Brenham, and the North Houston area. Mm-hmm. And so then we are also doing 50% retail as well. So what that looked, has looked like this year is we've done, um, so I, I harvest at the beginning of the week, and at the end of the week, whatever has been left, we do a flash sale. And so it's kind of like a farm stand style setup. Um, folks will pre-order online, and then they'll come to our farm and pick it up. Um, right now, it's off of my front porch, and eventually mm. we hope to have a little farm stand um, where folks can pick up. And then we're also doing U-Picks. And so we are starting to specialize in more and more U-Picks. Um, this year, I think we've done it about four times. I've planted, you know, 5,000. I just finished 14,000 sunflower patches. And we just had our last one three weeks ago. And it was a huge success. We sold out in two days. Wow. Um, we had over 200 families come and harvest sunflowers. Um, and so earlier in the spring, we did a couple of U-picks with other flowers as well. So we did gabiosas and zinnias, and that was before our summer break. Um, and so just having, we're creating right now a destination location uh, for our community. And um, we're actually building a pavilion right now. I actually have not announced that yet on social media, Ooh. but we're building a pavilion <laughs> Yeah, and so it's going to have, uh, I think we'll be able to host about 100 people at a time, and it's going to have a commercial kitchen and enclosed bathrooms. 
So that'll all be air conditioned and it has a beautiful fireplace. And so going into next year, we're going to be doing more and more events on the farm and like more workshops, more classes. I'm hoping to do weekly you picks, and um, then we'll rent out our pavilion as well. And so we'll have not we don't want to do weddings quite yet, but do bridal showers, baby showers, graduation parties, mm-hmm. um, family reunions. And so we have that right now. And then we also actually have an Airbnb guest cottage um, where folks can come and stay on our farm and take tours and wow. um, just enjoy the flowers. Yeah. Oh my God, my head is spinning. I'm sitting here. <laughs> this I'm listening to you and thinking. How possible some of these things were for you to pull off so quickly in your life of your business because of technology and social media. Like uh, the idea that people can pick up pre-order for a flash sale and pick up on your porch and you probably don't have to be there because they paid when they pre-ordered. Is that sort of like some kind of plug-in or, or app that you have on your or on your mobile platform or how does that yeah. work? So, so far, it's actually been pretty messy. <laughs> um, I just, I let people just text me. They mm. text me and then they pay by Venmo or PayPal. Got it. Or they can post here whenever they pick up by cash or by check. Um, we are actually working right now to get a website uh, developed with a company called Barn to Door. And so they are, it should launch, maybe by the time this airs, it'll be launched by then. Um, but people will be able to order through that website and our whole website will have all of our information of what we're doing. Um, and then as well, like for paper, it'll all be much more organized. Wow. Um, year. Wow. The idea of the UPIC um, is so brilliant because you're keeping it crop specific and like containing the time of the year when that happens. Like it's usually over just one weekend. It sounds like. It has so far in the past. Um, it's been over one weekend or two weekends um, while the sunflowers are blooming well. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into next year, we're hoping to do weekly. Uh, we're kind of changing how our farm is set up so that way we'll have, you know, 500-foot rows um, or five 100-foot rows right. where people can, can come and cut zinnias and scabiosas and not necessarily lower in flowers, but flowers that are just easier to harvest and um, they're super productive. Um, so that'll be wow. really fun to have some black here each week um, next year. And how, yeah. do you, how do you charge for that? I'm just curious. Yep. So, so far we have been charging. So for the sunflowers, we do per bucket. Mm-hmm. And so I actually have a three gallon, it's actually an I- Ikea trash can. Got it. Um, <laughs> I know it. It's about, yeah, it's about three gallons, and we do a standard price of $25 for all you can pick to fill up your bucket. And um, most people are very respectful of that, and they probably get anywhere between 30 and 40 per bucket. Sure. Um, and then for next year, whenever we have our, our weekly ones, I'm planning to do like a mason jar, mm-hmm. like a quart-sized mason jar, and that'll be $20 her jar and they can come and make their own arrangement here on the farm. Wow. That's cool. Oh my gosh. You're doing so many things and it kind of all falls into this, I guess, tapestry of, of ways to connect customers with your flowers, um, floral tourism, destination, uh, you know, 
kind of experiences and um, and then for people who want to take workshops, you're adding that. And then this venue sounds phenomenal. So it, how yeah. did you how did you do all this in two years? And what led you to this? I'm so <laughs> curious about your background. Yeah, yeah. So we um, so what led us to do the the pavilion was kind of just that's just where our business is going. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. husband is a is a mortgage loan officer. He does that full time in College Station, and he works. And so with his job, he does lots of entertaining as well. So lots of happy hours and parties, and and really a lot of his customers are women. Uh-huh. And so so our our businesses are really meshing together. How wild, yeah. They want they want to come out and experience the farm and and really there's nothing like this in our area, um, and so even with I actually this is another thing that we just did it was we did I planted a small very small sunflower crop uh, about two weeks ago and it, it was blooming two weeks ago and it was about a thirty by twenty so it wasn't very many maybe a thousand sunflowers at the most but I invited photographers to come out and take photography sessions. And so I charged a hourly rate and what they did is everybody had an hour and they had access to the sunflower field as well as our whole property to take pictures at. And it was hugely successful. We had about 30 reservations over a course of a week and um, people came from all over Houston, all over. I had one guy come from Dallas. Uh, Austin has been here as well. And so it's like, amazing. Nobody mm-hmm. else is doing this within a two or three hundred mile radius. Um, so people just want the farm experience. Oh. And you know, not only are we gonna have a beautiful building to share, but I mean we, we have a five year old daughter and so having family friendly activities um on the farm just makes sense for our family and and I actually grew up on a cattle ranch um, in West Texas and so my parents were wonderful at just hospitality and inviting friends and families and random people out to our farm to ride horses and rope cattle. And so that's very much ingrained in me. And, um, you know, being, it's just one of my joys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sharing our farm and then educating as well. We do host, um, we do host farm tours and field trips. I've had several field trips now um, you mean but, like with, you know, with kids, kid group, uh, elementary school groups, that sort of thing? We have, yes. Yeah. And so just being able to expose the kids to being outside and being on the farm. And sometimes I do a little like entomology, <laughs> I have a little bug collection that I bring out. And <laughs> so that's just one of my greatest joys. And um, so my background is actually in nursing. I went to school to be a registered nurse. And um, I, I worked as a nurse for about a year and a half just before life happened. And my husband was in the Army for a while. And so we bounced around with the Army for a little bit. Um, and then we had our daughter. So I stayed home for a few years. And, and then I started. And then the farm came about. So it came about just, um, I, I guess, I mean, just growing up on a cattle farm. Sure. We were always outside. My grandparents had... My parents, my grandparents all had big gardens, big vegetable gardens. And then my parents landscaped their, their houses and, you know, beautifully landscaped places. And so back then, of course, I did not appreciate it like I do now. But <laughs> Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> so about 
10 years ago, I started learning about how to just garden in general and then flowers specifically about five years ago, five, six years ago. So two years ago, it was the year Hurricane Harvey hit before that summer. And I tore up our little tiny backyard in South College Station and planted some sunflowers and zinnias and just absolutely loved the whole process. And so being a, having a nursing background and really just being a learner by heart, um, I started just researching the heck out of it and um, reading and talking and, um, you know, listening to your podcast and getting a million books on floriculture. And, and then my parents actually bought this farm two years ago. And so we asked if we could maybe try to have some land to play around with and um, just to play. And, and here we are two years later. You wow. know? So, so, so do you, are, are you still living in College Station and, and you're not living on the farm or how is that working? Yeah, so we we actually just moved here full time in January. Wow! So we've been here almost a year. Yeah, so I did the back and forth commute, commuting thing for about a year, and that was not working out. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> um, and then my parents actually had to move back to West Texas for my dad's job, and so it worked out perfectly that we could purchase the farm from them. And so we've been out here full time. Oh yeah. my goodness! How many acres do you have altogether? We have 22. But your your farming production is only like on a couple acres or? Yeah, yeah. Farming production right now is on about a, an acre and a half mm-hmm. land-wise. And um, we actually plan to double that this next spring. Wow. So we're actually doubling to tripling our sunflower production. And um, that's our main crop right now is, is sunflowers. We grow three different varieties. And so my goal is to have... 2,000 stems of sunflowers a week or more um, to be able to, to sell to our, our market. And then everything else, all of our other flower crops, we're hoping to double as well. Georgia, I'm just so impressed in listening to this. I feel like um, one of the conversations about Texas that I often have when I meet floral designers in major cities like Houston and Dallas is just their frustration that they can't find local farms to buy from. And I don't know why that is. Is it just that it, I don't know, agriculture has always been more ranching and, and food crops and flowers are kind of late to the game? Or is it just that the state's so vast that no one farm can make much of an impact? <laughs> I, I think it's maybe a combination of the two. I think flowers are a very new industry in Texas. Um, as far as I know, there's only two farmers that have been doing it 20 years or more. Um, <laughs> yep. And Cuts of Color, Rita, Anders. And, yeah. um, but, but there's really, I mean, 20 to 50 farms that are starting to pop up all over the state. Um, and then, you know, some of them are, are bigger than others. And so that might be part of it. Um, I think some of it, too, with, with floral designers in the big cities, maybe it's convenient um I would say you know just the way the floral industry is is that you know it's hard for you know with the wholesalers they deliver um not standard practice and right for for me as a a small-scale farmer it's hard for me to get into Houston um on a weekly basis and maybe we'll get there someday but 
you know, it's just, it's hard for me to take that amount of time away from mm-hmm. my farm mm-hmm. for orders at this point. So, so just to backtrack, um, just to backtrack, because I talked over you, did you say that the, um, the, you mentioned Rita Anders of Cuts of Color, and uh, of course, she's a Sunflowers member and a past podcast guest, but she's primarily, she is serving Houston, but only through one, basically one grocery store, right? And she's not really selling right. to florists. And then did you mention the Arnoskis, like um, Texas Specialty Cut Flowers? Was that the other farm you mentioned? That's right, yes. Yeah, and they're pretty much serving Austin. And so you're right. There's like um, their customers are being, you know, well-served, but they're just not enough flowers to go around. So there's a huge opportunity for you to develop your own program and uh, fill fill that space. But people just have to find you and get to know you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're in a good spot right here in College Station because we are in between Houston and Austin mm-hmm. and even Waco and Dallas are not far as well. Uh, so we are in a really great spot um, just from our location as well. So yeah, so I think it's just a matter of getting our production up and continuing to learn how to grow and, and really just getting more flowers available. Um, cause right now we're selling out everything wow. that we do week we sell out, which is a good problem to have. So, well, and it sounds like the florists who buy from you are closer to your farm in just in college station and the surrounding communities. So you're able to supply them without being on the road, you know, all day long, every day. Right. Yeah, cool. there. Um, I think the farthest I drive right now is about forty-five minutes one way. So that's yeah. going to Brenham. So I, I have three floors in Brenham that I service mm. usually every week. Mm. That's cool. Um, and then everybody, I live about twenty minutes from College Station, thirty minutes from Bryan. Um, so I usually just I have my little delivery route where I deliver four to five floors at a time. Yeah. Wow. Well, you mentioned that uh, before we started recording that you have um, uh, workshops ongoing, and, and um, this there are a lot coming up this holiday season. So is this the second year you've taught workshops? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love Christmas, Christmas time. absolutely love it. And um, so this year we are doing, yes, we're doing some Christmas, fresh Christmas wreath, um, December 12th through the 15th. We will have eight classes that we're going to be offering, as well as special order wreaths, where customers, if they can't make it to the class, they can just special order, and we will deliver it to them. Mm, beautiful. That's great. And then do you, yeah. do you kind of go quiet after Christmas for a couple months, or do you just jump right into um, getting ready for the spring 2020 season? Oh, yeah. So down here in South Texas, we grow year round. And so we do kind of take a break from now until Christmas. And that's when I fill my time with workshops. Um, but we're we're continuing to plant uh, each week. So we are getting ready for our early spring season. So tulips and daffodils, ranunculas, anemones, poppies. Those are all going into the ground very, very soon. Wow. And so we'll be and we succession plant. So all of our other crops, we pretty much succession plant monthly, um, and that'll get us through our spring season. Uh, the goal is through Mother's Day, so we'll be planting a lot between now and then. And are you all field-grown, or do you have uh, high tunnels or structures? I am about 75% field-grown. I do have one hoop house 
um, which has my ranunculus and anemones in it mm, this year. Mm-hmm. And then I have another one, which is my propagation greenhouse where we start our of our seeds. Wow. That's amazing. I do remember being at Cuts of Color uh, in January several years ago and seeing dahlias in the greenhouse and like having my mind blown. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like stuff grows in Texas that you don't see anywhere else. It's, but the ranunculus, right. the ranunculus has, is sort of a new crop for Texas. So I'm sure the florists are just excited to see what you're producing. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything. The local florists are just so excited to see everything that we're producing. They absolutely love it. It's really great. Ah, Well, I'm so delighted to feature you and hear your story. I just am excited to hear about your your vision for creating a a hub for flowers for your community and beyond. And uh, it's clearly part of your lifestyle and your family's belief in the, you know, living on the land and obviously your own upbringing. Um, I guess my last question to you that I think our listeners would want to know, Georgia, is how do people find you? Are you really, because you said your website isn't really built out yet. Are you really relying just on Instagram or Facebook or like, how did you stand up the first day and wave your hand and say, I'm here? How do people find that? (laughs) Yeah, it's all been social media up to this point. So it's been crazy. Yeah, so we... I, I pretty much post daily on Instagram. I do tons of stories every day. Uh, Facebook is another great way. And then that's really been it so far. We were featured in a magazine uh, a couple months ago uh, by Texas Living Magazine. They did an online feature of us. Oh, um, neat. Oh, well, we'll try to f- link to that in our show notes. That sounds cool. Yeah. Do yeah, you, so a lot of it has just been all social media up to this point. Yeah, and I just want to comment that in, in terms of following you, and I follow everybody in Slow Flowers, so I don't see everything they're doing, but I've, I've noticed that you're doing, uh, you're putting yourself in the videos and you're talking directly to the camera and just, it does, there's no high production value. It's just, it's just kind of guerrilla videos, but you'll just pop up and talk about whatever you're doing. Is that intentional or how did that kind of become your comfort, your comfort level with that seems very natural. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just been trial and error. And um, I actually follow five Mary's farms in California. And I think she does an excellent job at sharing her farm story. And so I'm kind of modeling what I do after her. Um, hmm. I think she does an excellent job. So that's cool. Yeah. Really neat. Will you share some photos, especially of that sunflower field <laughs> that that we can Absolutely. we can show? Um, I just have to comment on that specifically. I work a lot with Missy Palacall, who's a photographer here in Seattle, and she does branding photography and portraits. And she's commented to me on a number of occasions how desperate she is for flower farm venues that are close into the city that she can do portrait sessions at. And that she's even, you know, willing to pay uh, the for the use of of that space because her clients want their family photos taken in a cool venue, not not the predictable one that everybody is using. So, I think you are onto something with with just serving another profession that wants a venue like yours. I think it's brilliant. Thank you, thank you. We plan to expand that this next year and hopefully offer it monthly. Um, cause it's such an easy income generator for us. Like it just, 
it makes sense for us. Absolutely. Brilliant. Great. Georgia, thank you so much for sharing a little slice of Texas with us. And I hope to come visit you someday, especially when I hear about that awesome pavilion. And uh, maybe I can, um, you know, combine that with an antiquing trip uh, <laughs> to Round Top. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're about 45 minutes from Roundtop. So oh, tempting. Okay, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Bye-bye. photos that Georgia has shared and find links to Basecamp Farm Flowers social places in today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 543,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, The momentum is contagious, and I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor spotlight today goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens, which is longfield-gardens.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Music.